welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 14th of September 2014, entitled Praying for Sinners. And the Bible reading is taken from 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 to 17. Here's Brother Gareth Green. So yeah, I'm going to keep the sermon short this evening. Um, so I hope you have your full concentration for the whole time. Uh, it's roughly about... 20 minutes, so yeah, let's stand and read uh, first, oh, sorry, first Timothy chapter 1 uh, and verse 12 to 17. That's what we're going to be reading. Chapter 1, verse 12 to 17. And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with fruit and love, uh, sorry, with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Howbeit, for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first, Jesus Christ might show forth all long-suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honour and glory for ever and ever. Amen. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for um, speaking to us. Thank you, Lord, for saving Paul and um, preserving your word in this way so that we can we can learn from it, Lord. Um, you know, thank you for your grace and your mercy. And um, Lord, I pray that tonight that you just uh, guide my words. I pray, Lord, that um, each of us would hear that which we need to hear, um, or that you'd uh, challenge us, you'd encourage us, um, and Lord, that you'd just be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. So yeah, as you all know, uh, this was written by a man called Paul, uh, and it was uh, part of his testimony. He shared what God. Uh, has done in his life. Um, The main verse we're going to be looking at, uh, focusing on, is verse 15. Um, I'll just read that again. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Uh, This verse was the memory verse for uh, the Children's Bible Club uh, uh, last year, one of the Children's Bible Clubs. Um, it's a great verse. Uh, it shows us uh, that the gospel is for sinners. Um, so what do we mean when we say the word uh, sinner or sin? Because uh, here Paul calls himself the chief of sinners. Um, well, a sinner is someone who has committed a sin. Uh, and a sin uh, is an act where we disobey God's commandments. Uh, and in fact, being a sinful person, a person who has committed sins... Uh, is a conclusion that we must come to in order to become a Christian. Uh, you have to um, come to this conclusion um, because uh, you cannot, sorry, uh, you cannot be forgiven unless you admit um, that there is something that you need to be forgiven of. As such, it's a very important part of our evangelism. Um, you need to show people that they have a disease. Um, before you can tell them how to be cured. Um, So what is the disease? Well, the disease is sin. 
Um, a sin is a disease uh, because it prevents us from having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. This is a very big problem when you think that we were created to worship God. We cannot have a personal relationship with Jesus if our sins have not been forgiven. Why is that? Well, it's because God is just um, and he cannot pardon evil. Uh, he must exercise justice uh, and punish the wrongdoing. Um, God is holy um, and he cannot be around anything that is sinful not one sin. Uh, therefore, we are in big trouble because there is nothing that you or I can do to get away from this punishment because we truly are guilty for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Fortunately, God is so, so good. Um, God is so loving uh, that he decided he was going to make a way to take care of our sins, um, not by ignoring it, uh, but by dealing with it. And the only way sin could be dealt with is by another person offering to take our sin and therefore the punishment that went along with it. Who in their right mind is going to offer to take an eternity of the justice and wrath of God upon themselves? Who is going to be willing to take the excruciating, unspeakable, um, unrelenting, crippling punishment that we each individually deserve? Who would be gracious enough to do that? Let's read 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 14. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Jesus was willing to take the punishment for our sin. Furthermore, Jesus was the only person who could make a full payment for our sin, because he is the only sinless person that ever existed. He is the only spotless lamb. Jehovah Jireh provided a sacrifice. Jesus died to make a way for sinners to be forgiven. Um, he rose from, the, he rose from the, death, uh, the dead on the third day, and he conquered sin and death. We have now been given the gift of being able to walk through the door of salvation. We have the choice to either repent of our sins and ask Jesus to forgive us, or we have the option to reject Jesus, uh, reject his love, um, and pay the punishment for our own sins. It is such good news that God made a way for us to have fellowship with him, despite our constant and continual rebellion. Now we know what the disease and cure is for our sin. Uh, we need to ask what Paul meant when he called himself the chief of sinners in verse 15. Well, chief means the highest ranking. Um, he had experience in this. Um, he was the worst sinner ever. So how on earth did the highest ranking sinner write most of the New Testament? Who was in charge of interviewing and recruiting on that day? Um, I'm sure many of you uh, have applied for jobs in your life. Uh, I'm looking for work at the moment myself, and I've had to fill in uh, a few job applications. I wonder, have you ever read a job description and thought to yourself, applying for this job uh, is going to be a waste of my time, their time, paper, and energy. There is no way I'm going to get this job. <laughs> I don't have the right qualifications. I don't have any of the experience that they are asking for. It's too far to commute. 
I don't even like the way the job title is worded. Um, well, that's exactly the same position that Paul found himself in. There is no way the chief of sinners could get this job, even if he offered to do it for free. But do you know what the amazing thing is? Uh, the chief of sinners didn't even apply for this job. He was headhunted. The boss came looking for him and found him demonstrating the complete opposite qualities to those the job would involve. And guess what verse 12 says? And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. So verse 12 tells us that Christ is responsible for putting Paul, uh, the persecuting, blaspheming sinner, into the ministry, um, uh, into Christian leadership, no less. If you're not a Christian here uh, today or listening to this on the internet, we love you because Jesus loves you. We were all just like you once, and you are the perfect candidate for becoming a Christian leader or teacher because you are just like Paul. So how does that work? Well, verse 13 tells us that uh, this was only possible through mercy. Verse 13 says, Who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. So God's mercy can be seen in Paul, uh, and God's mercy can be seen in you and I. This passage of scripture tells us uh, about man's inability and Christ's sufficiency. So why do you think that the chief of sinners was the perfect candidate to become a Christian? Well, it's because God's mercy and patience could be seen even more clearly in him uh, than it could in the lives of others. Let's read verse 16. Howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. So God's mercy was evident in his life because despite all of his sins, he was used by God to write most of the New Testament and become a Christian leader to many churches. So with Paul in mind, uh, I want to remind you that other high-ranking sinners can also be used by God. People that persecute Christians, uh, like the ISIS in Iraq, uh, passionate anti-Christian atheists like Richard Dawkins and Stephen Fry, country rulers that oppress the gospel, like King Jong-un, uh, people that are hard to get along with, like the person that talks behind your back at work, the person that stole from you or took advantage of your kindness and the person that you have given up on. All these people are the perfect candidates to become Christian leaders and Christian role models. Verse 15 shows us this clearly. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. So who has God put in your life? No one is there by accident because God knows exactly who is around you. Who has God put into your life, into your 
group of friends, as it were. Uh, think of your neighbors, your friends, and your family. Um, I've been praying for uh, my dad and my brother to get saved for a long time and also to uh, become missionaries in the future as well. Um, currently, they're not Christians um, and they're not, definitely not missionaries yet. <laughs> um, but through these verses, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged because I know if God can use Paul to do these things, then I know that God can use any single person on this planet to spread the gospel. I hope that you're encouraged too. Um, it's even more encouraging when you see, uh, see God save Paul when he's right in the middle of persecuting Christians, as we read in Acts chapter 9 this morning. Um, even if you get mocked for sharing the gospel, those very people mocking you, um, ignoring you, or persecuting you can be used by God to share the gospel the next day. No one is beyond God's reach. Let's turn to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5 and verse 31. And Jesus answering said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Um, I've heard people say that um, you know, one of their friends or um, someone that they know uh, would never become a Christian, so there's no point in inviting them to church. Well, if we look at Paul, um, look at everything, everything that God did in Paul. Um, God took a sinful being and cleansed him with his innocent blood. God shaped him and molded him into the image of his remarkable or inspiring son, Jesus Christ. He did it in Paul's life, and he can do it in the life of your loved ones as well. Members of the ISIS are perfect candidates to become Christians. Passionate atheists are perfect candidates to become Christians. Uh, and the people that God has put into your life are the perfect candidates to become Christians. So in light of all of this that's been said, uh, what should we do about it? Well, I present to you uh, three ways that this applies to our lives. Uh, firstly, we should be encouraged. Uh, despite our past, God can still use you to spread the gospel and to be a light in the world and to encourage others that think that they might be beyond salvation. Uh, let's read verse 16. Howbeit, for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Uh, secondly, our understanding of God's mercy should lead us to praise. Uh, verse 17. Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honour and glory for ever and ever. Amen. So after all, uh, Paul writes about uh, God's mercy He's led to praise. Uh, and finally, the main application of this text that I want uh, us to focus on this evening uh, is to our prayer life. This passage of scripture should affect how we pray for people. Um, I want to encourage you to either continue or to start to pray for those uh, that God has placed in your life and upon your heart to pray for their salvation. Um, so in light of that, um, I want to, us to spend uh, five minutes praying for the people that God has placed in our lives uh, to share the gospel with and to pray for them. 
Um, I'll try to keep the sermon short so that uh, we'll have time to do some praying now with our eyes closed and we won't fall asleep or lose concentration. So I hope you've all still got enough energy. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just want you to think of those people that are close to you that, that don't know Jesus, um, those that you feel that God has placed into your life specifically for the purpose of uh, witnessing to and, and praying for. Um, so I'll, I'll, do, I'll open us in prayer for a little bit and then we'll have a few minutes just to pray and then um, I'll close this in prayer. Um, Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you for uh, saving us. We thank you for the way that you, you saved uh, people like Paul, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that even though uh, people may be persecuting you uh, right now, persecuting your people, that um, you can still use them to uh, glorify you and spread the gospel and uh, bring hope to uh, thousands of others. Uh, Lord, uh, we thank you for um, using us in the way that you have, and we thank you for um, our friends and our families and um, those people that we might not get along with or people that we find it hard to get along with, maybe people we haven't seen for uh, for months. Um, but we pray for um, those people or that you've put into our lives to um, for us to be a blessing to, for us to witness to. Um, well, thank you for those that you've uh, laid upon our hearts, Lord, and we just want to present these, um, however many people it is, three, four, five uh, people that you've brought to mind. Um, just to pray for, Lord. Um, you know, we just thank you for their lives, and we thank you that um, you can use us in their lives, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that you'd um, yeah, just give us the boldness to witness to them. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for those people. Uh, thank you for intertwining our lives together and uh, giving us the opportunity to, to pray for them now and um, pray for them in the future as well, Lord. Um, Lord, we may, we may never see the fruit of our prayers. We may never see... Um, them come to salvation they may have moved country or they we may have just lost contact with them lord um, and we thank you for for them lord and uh yeah lord, we just pray that you would uh take these prayers and just uh do mighty things for them lord in jesus name amen mm-hmm.